Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Art Engager podcast. In this first episode, I'm going to be talking about the main method I use to engage audiences with art and ideas. That's my visible thinking in the museum method, which I started developing 10 years ago this year. So this method is a really easy to follow framework and it allows educators to lead engaging discussion-based sessions around art, objects and ideas with any audience. It actually takes elements of a method called visible thinking and combines them with museum education practices, facilitation techniques and questioning strategies. Now, I didn't know it then, but... When I heard the words visible thinking for the first time, my life was really about to change. Now, it sounds a bit dramatic, but this method has really influenced everything I've done in the past 10 years and has completely changed the way I work. So today's episode is all about the moment when I first heard the words visible thinking. I'm going to be talking about what is visible thinking, how I heard about it and how I used it in my method. So let's get on with the show. So let's go back in time. Ten years ago, I was studying full time as a mature student uh, for my master's in museology. And as part of the course... I had to carry out research and I did this at the Tropen Museum in Amsterdam and they wanted me to find out the possibilities of creating a new programme for international primary school children in English and my role was really to speak to the teachers, make connections with them and to find out what they wanted from museum visits. So in the course of the time I was there, I spoke to a lot of teachers. I ran some focus groups. And in these focus groups, we discussed um, what they wanted from museum visits and we compared with what they actually got. And the results were quite surprising. So I found out things like they wanted a program that engaged students fully with objects in the museum. They also wanted something that encouraged slow looking and careful observation. And they wanted something that fostered group discussion and collaborative learning. So really, in essence, less telling, more discussion. They didn't want any worksheets. They were really fed up with worksheets. And they definitely didn't want any walk and talk programs with museum guides or museum teachers just talking at the students or perhaps asking them one or two closed questions just for the sake of being interactive. We all know those kind of programmes. So in one of the first focus groups I had, a teacher from the International School of Amsterdam, Melanie Smith, mentioned visible thinking for the first time. And I have to add that at the time I had a fever of nearly 40 degrees and I had thought about cancelling the focus group. 
I realised that teacher's time is really sacred and I would never have got everyone to participate again. So I had to go ahead despite feeling absolutely awful. Luckily, we had a moderator asking questions, so I didn't have to speak too much. But I did do a bit of a double take when I first heard the words visible thinking. So I really wasn't sure what this visible thinking was all about. I wasn't sure what it meant, but I was certainly curious, or maybe delirious, to find out a bit more. And Melanie said that um, at her school, they'd done a lot of work with visible thinking and getting children to look at the way they think. And she said at that point that it might be worth me having a look at thinking routines. She also added that um, she thought VT could have lots of possibilities within the museum environment, as it had already done within their classrooms. So I immediately wanted to find out more. What were thinking routines? They sounded really interesting and promising and she recommended an article for me and I'll put a link to this in the show notes Um, but it's the first article I read and it's called Cultivating a Culture of Thinking in Museums and it's by Ron Richart who's a researcher at Harvard's Project Zero and it's really a must read for anyone starting out um, on their visible thinking journey, especially with objects and art in museums. And this article describes eight cultural forces that um, sort of shape the culture of group learning in classroom settings. And then it applies this framework to tour observations conducted at three different museums. So these cultural forces that he talks about are things like time, language, environment, interactions, routines, opportunities, and the last one is expectations. And the article explores ways that museum educators might use these forces to cultivate a culture of thinking when conducting school programmes in the museum. Now, this was a real light bulb moment and everything changed from that point after reading that article. I knew I was on to something. So I bought the book, Making Thinking Visible, and I started reading everything I could about visible thinking and thinking routines. So it's probably good to take a pause at this moment and to talk a little bit about visible thinking, what it is and how it works, and also to mention a little bit about thinking routines. So let's talk first about visible thinking. So visible thinking is essentially a broad framework for enriching learning and it's been developed over a number of years, since the year 2000 really, by researchers from Harvard's Project Zero with teachers and students in schools. And the central idea of visible thinking is really simple. It's making thinking visible. So the idea is that the vast majority of what we think is hidden. It stays in our heads and we only articulate a small portion of it. So this approach includes a number of ways of making thinking and opportunities for thinking much more visible in classrooms and other learning environments. And at the heart of visible thinking, there are several practices and resources that help achieve the goals of the approach. So things like 
thinking routines and documentation. By making thinking visible to yourself, um, to your colleagues, your peers and those around you, opportunities for learning expand. And the key elements of visible thinking are, there are three of them, to explain and articulate thinking out loud, that is the visible part, listening to others articulate their thinking, and engaging in discussions while forming understanding. So you can see why this method was appealing to me, trying to create discussion-based programs in a museum. And what about thinking routines? Well, thinking routines are tools and they're specifically designed to help support and guide mental processes or thinking. And they're really short, easy to teach, easy to learn and to remember. And the key factor is to use them over and over again, repeatedly. And it's one of the easiest ways of getting started with visible thinking. And I think See, Think, Wonder is probably the most well-known out of all of the thinking routines. And there are now over 90 that I've counted. And I've put this together in a list and it's ever expanding and growing. So the more I dug deeper into visible thinking, the more I could see all the different ways that I could use this and apply it with art, objects, themes and ideas. And I could immediately see that thinking routines would work well in a museum setting as thinking routines really encourage you to look at things for a long period of time. They encourage slow looking. And we're so used to skimming and looking at things quickly in the museum. You know, the average time that people look at objects and artworks is anything from two to 17 seconds that really having the time to slow down and look at less objects through thinking routines is a real treat. And I knew that there was a huge variety of these thinking routines. At the time, there were 20 to 30 of them. And now, as I said, there's more than 90. And I knew this would allow me to include a variety of thinking routines within the programme and to pair them with a selection of different objects. I also hoped that by using thinking routines, the students that had been on my programme would be able to come back to my museum or another museum with their parents or others and know how to look at objects and maybe even teach their parents to do the same. So I really wanted that transfer of skills. But yeah, I hadn't developed a method yet. I had sort of the roots, the germ of an idea using visible thinking and um, thinking routines, but I still had lots and lots of questions. I still didn't know how the thinking routines would translate into a museum environment. I didn't know how I could get museum teachers to use these thinking routines to engage the children in slow looking. And I didn't even know if I'd be able to teach the museum teachers how to create discussions that were engaging in the first place. So I knew at this point I had the idea, but I needed to return to my notes and I had to find some answers from the focus groups. And I kept looking. And this time I was looking for things that came up repeatedly in our conversations. And at the end of uh, doing this research again, 
I found four things that kept coming up in the comments from the teachers. And the first thing was open-ended questions. They really wanted uh, open-ended questions to open up discussion. The second thing was they wanted a program that was discussion-based or dialogue-based. They really wanted collaborative learning. And the final thing was slow, careful looking was mentioned um, a multitude of times. So I knew that these elements should and probably would form the basis of my first teaching method for the new program. And I called the new program Stories Around the World and the method or the way it was taught, I called Stop, Look, Think. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about those two um, and explain to you a little bit about Stories Around the World and then a bit about Stop, Look, Think. So Stories Around the World is a museum program that um, explores the theme of stories and storytelling. And the participants, the students, explore the theme by looking at and connecting with a series of objects. So the students were actually investigating for themselves, with the help of a museum teacher, the way objects can tell stories in many different ways. Like they can tell stories about people the people that collected the object, the people that owned the object, etc., about different ideas and about the objects themselves. Now, Stories Around the World was the first museum programme in the Netherlands to use visible thinking and specifically thinking routines. And I used a variety of thinking routines in the programme. I used See, Think, Wonder. I used Looking 10 Times 2 and Step Inside. And the thinking routines were repeated throughout the programme, so students got used to them. And the thinking routines were great. They provided this structure, both for the participants, the students, and for the museum teacher too. They also encouraged the exploration of ideas. I could see um, from what I was witnessing that they sparked curiosity and they provoked debate and got people to ask questions and wonder about the collection in the museum and it was really lovely to see. I could see that the thinking routines were having a great effect. Aside from the program itself I developed a new teaching method for the program and as I said I called this Stop, Look, Think. I still like the name um, and it's composed of five principles. And these principles were really important because they did influence my future method, visible thinking in the museum. And these principles included things like slow looking, slow careful exploration of objects, using open-ended questions, development of critical thinking skills, such as observation, reasoning, and importantly, the fostering of a community of learners who all feel happy, willing and able to contribute to the discussion taking place. So that's the collaborative learning we were talking about. The programme Stories Around the World was divided into two age groups. We had six to seven year olds and eight to 12 year olds. And teachers were often surprised at first that their students would only explore and investigate three to four objects in 90 minutes. Um, and they often express surprise that they'll be able to stand and discuss for 15 minutes or more at an object. But at the end, they were always amazed that their students remained engaged throughout 
and curious through the whole program. So I chose a mix of objects for this first program. Um, so objects like the Great Pustaha, which is a book of spells used by Batak priests in Sumatra. And I also combined historical objects with contemporary art objects and sculpture, such as Yinka Shonibara's Planets in My Head, literature. We used uh, See Think Wonder with um, an amazing plastic sculpture called Madonna after Amoma and Celine by Roy Vilvoy. And this is a really hyper-realistic sculpture of a black man called Amoma, a friend of the artist, and he's holding a white baby, who, which was a model of uh, the artist's daughter. And the artwork works so well with See Think Wonder because it's all about getting viewers to ask questions. And students were immediately fascinated with this sculpture because it looks so realistic, it looks so real. And it was so easy for students to spend a long time here looking and stating what they saw. Um, they could sit all around the object. They could spend time looking. They had an endless supply of questions. Um, and then we moved on to thinking about what might be going on with the statue. Uh, and then finally mentioning any wonderings they had. And as I said, teachers was often surprised that some of their students, some as young as six years, would spend 15 minutes discussing this object. But it happened time and time again on this program and they were engaged throughout. And even with the youngest age group, I really think that having time at the beginning of each discussion to slow down and do some observation first really helped them to focus and concentrate. And we started every discussion with slow looking. Observations always come first before we had any discussions about the story behind the object. After I left the Troper Museum, I decided to develop the ideas in the stop, look, think method further. And this became the four step visible thinking in the museum method, which I can't wait to talk to you about in future episodes. There are four elements in my VTM method, and these have evolved over the course of the past 10 years. So number one is using thinking routines with open-ended questions. Number two is employing good facilitation skills. Number three is documenting the process. And number four is encouraging collaborative learning. So I'm going to be talking about all of these different elements in future episodes. And really, the thinking routines and the documentation are only part of the method. It's essential that you also know how to formulate and use open-ended questions, that you know, um, understand and can employ facilitation skills and techniques, and that you also can encourage collaborative learning and foster a good group dynamic. So all of these elements are really key to fostering good and engaging discussions with groups around art, objects and ideas. So that's it for today. Uh, plenty to come in future episodes and I can't wait to share them with you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bound. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, 
thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at thinkingmuseum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.